can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Hello and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we have spoiler-filled discussions on your favorite and sometimes not so favorite movies and TV shows. My name is Howie, and I'm the senior editor at IsolatedNation.com. And joining me is the Infinity Stones to my Infinity Gauntlet? Question mark. You channel <laughs> my power. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Um. So we're joined by. Uh, as usual, Reese. Who? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. What's going on? <laughs> this is my greeting. What's yeah, up? fellow uh, film slash TV writer at IsolatedNation.com. Yeah. Also, fellow Marvel fanatic. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like you're a bigger fan of Marvel than I am, but. Yeah, I I am in general a big fan of these movies, and this is of course the most hyped one in all of their nineteen. This uh, is the that's nine, right. This is the 19th one. Uh, is it just called Infinity War or is it Avengers Infinity War? Well, it is Avengers Infinity War, but I feel like you could just call it Marvel's Infinity War because <laughs> yeah. it's every character in the Marvel Universe the in nine, one movie. The 19th MCU movie, yeah. right? Yeah. The 19th installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. Um, the third Avengers movie, and you would th- say? Yeah, the third movie by the Russo brothers who have um, directed... Two, two of my favorite. Two of the more acclaimed ones, The Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah. And um, that's sort of because you just look at this post of this fucking movie and it's like overwhelming. But one of the things that kind of I was at ease about was the amount of characters because obviously Captain America, Civil War has a lot of characters too. Yes. And I feel like the Russo brothers are good at like balancing all the storylines and they know who to put at the forefront and who to background a little bit. Yeah, I think with Civil War they've demonstrated uh, they've demonstrated their ability to weave in these many or to juggle these many characters, right? Yeah, and you can say what you want about the dreary tone of that movie or whatever, but um I think you can't really deny that they they know how to juggle all these characters so it's not a fucking incomprehensible clusterfuck. Yeah. But yeah, it's amazing that they've gotten to this point where like Spider-Man can just swing in New York without any introduction and Iron Man's fighting an alien in like the second action scene in the first 10 minutes. Like that's what I'm saying is the structure of this movie is very odd. Don't don't you think? It is uh, it assumes a lot about what we know of the characters and of course yeah. you know because it sets it up sets these characters up very well. We do know. You know like when yeah. When Spider-Man's uh, spidey senses tingle, that shot—that's you know, all you need as an introduction because yeah. you know, that's enough to you know fill us with excitement. And it's the first scene. Obviously, it's Thanos attacking the Asgardian ship. Like an attack has already happened, and you supp- you're supposed to be on board with this because you better have watched that post-credits stinger in Thor Ragnarok. In Thor Ragnarok, exactly. So this movie, if you had to like judge it really broadly, it really lives and dies on you. Uh, being familiar, like pretty intimately familiar with the yeah. previous Marvel movies. Though I think overall they do a good job of getting you up to speed in the dialogue exchanges. So like if you haven't watched all of them, you'd be, you can pretty much get your bearings okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's let's get our first impressions of the movie. I mean, let's uh, from the get go. Do you like this movie? Yes, I like it very much. Yeah. Um, I do I, too. I adored it. Yeah, actually. I do too. Yeah. But um, I think actually we should just get the flaws. Done. Let's just put the All floors right. right in center. What do you All think right. about yeah, that? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so I've watched this movie a couple of times, 
and there were a few things that stuck out to me. And um, number one is obviously this, like most Marvel movies, it juggles dramatic moments and humor. But because this movie is like the sprawl is so epic, it, yeah, the dissonance between the funnier, quippy moments and the really dramatic moments sometimes sticks out in an ugly way. Yeah, and for me, that was most obvious when we get Gamora's backstory. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Guardians of the Galaxy and her like relationship with Thanos. Yeah, it's the most emotional storyline of this movie. I would right? say it's the emotional and most of the most dra- most yeah. dramatic as, as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, so the backstory is, is that, like, he massacres half her planet. And you see, like, innocent people getting, like, mowed down. Yeah. It, it doesn't really shy away from that. And well, it's a, I, 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 do, do we see it? I mean, we do. see the implication of what they do, right? You see them just shooting loads of, yeah. like, half them, like, divide them, like, side by side. And they're yeah. just people screaming and getting shot. It's yeah. Obviously, it's, you know, it's still family-friendly and whatnot, but it's an intense scene. The implication is violent. Yeah. yeah, and then the very next scene, there's like Peter Quill making a joke about, "Hey, should I put this grenade on my belt because it might blow off my <laughs> junk?" And it's like, "Oh wow, we're we're back here because <laughs> there was because you know, obviously there were a few moments like that where it's like, oh, I'm getting a bit of whiplash with this. It's almost like channel surfing yeah. with the way they not with story wise, but just with how they juggle the darker the moments tonal shifts of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So that stuck out to me a couple of times. And also the fact that when, obviously, Thanos does that... Spoilers, obviously, and Spoiler Nation. This is the spoiler <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> when Thanos does that, he achieves his goal. He does that giant snap, and, like, people just start turning to ash. Yes. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? And then it happens to Black Panther, and you're like, well, this isn't really going to stick. Like, Yeah, I, yeah of course exactly. They're, they're not going to kill off. And especially it doesn't stick when they do it with Spider-Man as well. Yes. Even though it's obviously incredibly well-acted when... Tom Holland is disappearing. Yeah. But you know it's you know they're going back to the well of oh the deaths aren't that permanent. Obviously there were a few casualties before that pre-snap where like some major characters die. And I hope those deaths are permanent, but that's thrown into question because this movie is dealing with magical stones that can rewrite reality on a whim. So maybe they could all be brought back. So to a certain extent, this movie depends on what comes next. Even though it's, a, I find it to be a satisfying experience on its own and it's quite emotional, it could be lessened greatly and it would be kind of upsetting for me if it was all undone and just rewritten, rendering this movie like completely dramatically inert, you know? Like there's a use-by date on it or something like that. And that's my biggest worry, really. At the end of the day, this is still a Marvel movie. And I think this movie has a feeling of, you know, especially on the surface level, Mm. it has the feel of it's such a game-changing movie for Marvel. It feels like a season finale of a big TV show. Exactly. Until you, you know, seconds after you walk out of the theater and you kind of think about it and you're like, oh, wait a minute, they're doing the exact same Marvel thing, which is the visceral reaction. I had tears in my yeah, eyes. you got emotional, and everybody that never happens. <laughs> How his heart is made of stone. I yeah, I mean, I wasn't crying, but I just felt you were crying. There I were was tears. not crying. I okay. was not crying. There Come were on. tears. What do no, you call it? No, Black Widow. I, I was just whispering to myself. I hope Black Widow doesn't. But she better if not. If she poop disappeared, away. would you have cried? I would have cried. Oh, oh. Actually, I would have cried, and I would have been very angry. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been a true roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the end of um. I would be Jennifer Lawrence at the end of Catching Fire, 
the Hunger Games well, second movie where she's rage. like cr- she's like crying and grieving and then she's and it, she's yeah that 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 would be would have been me but yeah. she didn't die no but you know it was a, a visceral experience to watch characters that you've seen and you've gotten so used to over the past how many years I, I, 10, 10 years 10 years been around 10 years just fade away in blackness you know like it, it looked like they were crisped and like they turned to ash it was right? um i love that visual because it implies something apocalyptic like fire yeah like you don't see fire but the visual is like that it's almost like they're burning to death yeah like, it's it's quite um disturbing yeah and i really like there was no music it was very eerie yeah it was very silent and to watch those characters get, essentially get erased it was a very you know emotional experience yeah but then when you think about okay like as you said, you know, as soon as Black Panther b- disappeared, as soon as you see Spider Man disappear, you're like, "Oh, this isn't permanent." because yeah. <laughs> you know, because we know that that's just not what they do, right? They don't, they don't have the balls to just out and delete all these characters. That's right. Yeah, in this way, yeah. so obviously, um, it will. They're coming back, but you hope there's some kind of price that has to be paid for that maybe yeah the original avengers have to sacrifice themselves or something yeah but i i do kind of i am annoyed that you know it's not permanent either way yeah but um i want to talking about people disappearing which was enacted by you know the main the main bad guy or the main character Thanos. and um really unexpected i sometimes sympathize with him even though i was really disgusted by what he was doing yeah which was like uh like that's obviously more complex than the average Marvel villain where it almost, for the most part, they're just there to sort of be an obstacle. Yes. Like, and that's really it. There's not much dimension to them. Yeah. I think when they first announced that, oh, you know, Infinity War is going to be from Thanos' perspective or like he's going to the, he's going to the, he's going to be the main character of Infinity War. I was worried because I was you like. You thought it'd be through his point of view through a lot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like and this I character like, we don't know. Exactly. They're to, the main one in an Avengers yeah, movie. And yeah. I'm like to center it on this generic villain character instead of the heroes that, you know, we. We're there for. Well, yeah, that we're actually there for, and that <laughs> yeah. we know we know so well. Is it was? I was worried. I, I was pleasantly surprised by their iteration of Thanos, which is yeah. uh, his motivation here is different from his uh, comic book version. Yeah, which is uh, he is you know in the comics he is of course obsessed with the um, personification of death, who comes in the form of a woman. Yeah, right and. All he like, and every his drive to essentially kill all everyone, all life in the universe is just to get into her pants. <laughs> yeah, it's it's because it's a different sort of thing. Because in the there, he has a whole backstory in the comics where he was born hideous and his mum tried to kill him. Yeah, and then he turns to a philosophy like nihilism to cope with that, and then that leads to death. I and that's not something you'd put in like a big blockbuster movie. That's not like the kind of weird thing marvel would do yeah exactly. and, and to introduce death as another as a, character as a personification yeah, yeah it's just too convoluted yeah. and I, I really liked i think this was the best case scenario here for how they you know how they went with thanos's character you gotta boil things down to the simplest form sometimes and to have like a villain where he has a motivation that makes some kind of sense and he knows it makes sense to him and 
he's the one enacting this plan and the heroes are in pure reactive mode. That's a good mode for like a big, exciting uh, adventure story. Yeah. And it was... So he was the main character in the sense that he was like driving the plot. He was the main driver of the plot. And it was a good idea to tie him to, of course, Gamora. Because... There's a personal something at stake. Yeah. Yeah. As I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy and the second one, and then to hear that Thanos... When I heard that Thanos is the main villain of, you know, this movie, I was like, you can't possibly not have Gamora or Nebula be one of the main characters in this movie. Thankfully, that's what they did in this one. Kind of. They had Gamora. (laughs) They feature her pretty prominently. They do. They do. And I think they did the best that they could. But I think that one of the biggest flaws of Guardians of the Galaxy which is uh, obviously spills over into this movie is their treatment of Gamora as a character. Yeah. I love the Guardians movies. It's great. They're my, you know, they're really um who I see uh, who I'm watching this movie for. Mm. You know, I was so excited that there's just so How quickly much... we forget Black Widow. How quickly <laughs> you abandon the great love of Look, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. But <laughs> no, I know what you mean. No, Black Widow yeah. is a good comparison because I think that the Avengers in the Avengers franchise mm-hmm. uh, side of things, their biggest flaw is their treatment of Black Widow. Yeah, I feel like she's and, like sidelined. Yeah, and so you know, Marvel has a huge problem with um, underutilizing its female characters and underserving its female characters, and I think. Um, except for Black Panther. Except for Black Panther, yeah. but that's a new addition, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And and so with Guardians of the Galaxy, I always felt that Gamora's character just was never ever given her due. She's always defined by her relationship to men, the men in her life, right? She's defined by her relationship with Peter Quill. A lot of her character is just that she's his, you know, romantic interest. And and then to have her now be used as ultimately a plot point is disappointing it's also disappointing that it seems like her death is permanent yeah i mean it's a it's a brave thing you know on one hand it's a brave and um game-changing thing for marvel to have a death stick but i somehow feel like oh does it have to be your most underdeveloped character one of your most underdeveloped main characters because i feel like there's just just so much more for to explore with Gamora, that is just gone now. Well, I really liked this. If you've been watching the previous Guardians movies and you watch this movie, yeah. they do some subtle things with her that um, you realize she's really changed from the Guardians movies. Yes. Like yeah. how her personality, like even the first scene when you see the Guardians and like she's singing along to the song and you see that effect that she's had having a family. She's not like the stoic, uptight yeah. person. Cause yeah, yeah. That's one of the thing with Gamora for me, why she's, I feel complex towards her is that her strongest trait is that you really like feel like she has grown up in a terrible, violent environment and like she's completely closed off emotionally. But when you put that character in like a, a comedy movie that they're lighthearted adventure movies, she's naturally sort of the buzzkill. Yes. So there is that sort of push and pull between how I'm feeling and like, character development and stuff like that yeah but i feel like for me zoe saldana was the best actor in this movie yeah she's really great she's really great yeah like she brought so much dimension she was selling something that we've never seen which is like the relationship between her and thanos yeah 
and you really kind of completely buy it. Like yeah. they both sell it. Like, your your heart breaks for her. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, like the most emotional scene in the movie for me was when she. It's so com- complicated because your heart breaks for her when she can't kill herself. You know. What yeah. I mean? like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> your heart. You feel sad because she can't. She tries to kill herself and her knife turns to bubbles. And it's so fucked up that the moment she finds out her dad loves her is the moment that seals her fate yeah. at the same time. It's so delightfully fucked. I love it. And yeah. it, I feel like no Marvel movie has gone that emotionally complicated before. Yes. Even with Loki. No, no, it, yeah, Loki, yeah, it's not this, because you get the thing almost with Loki and Thor, it's like a game they've been playing for so long. And it's just because of how good Gomorrah, like, we just got a taste of how good Gomorrah could be. Yeah. And I, and I wish that this relationship is played up more in the Guardians movies, so that when this comes around, it would be a bigger, like, gut punch. Well, you know what I feel like should kind of happen? I'm not getting off track too yeah. much, I hope, but I hope... Guardians 3 is set like before this movie because from what I understand there's some time that passed between Guardians 2 and this movie like four years or something yeah. like that so I hope the next movie even though you know she's gonna die and there's like that axe hanging yeah. over her head I hope she's in like number three is set before this movie or, or something like that yeah how did you okay I want to ask you something how mm. did you feel about her death her actual death scene the moment of her death well yeah the, you know it's odd like the first time I watched it I was like I didn't really feel much, weirdly. I didn't feel much either, and I have a... Th- okay, I'll let you go, but, but I have a theory yeah. of about why. You you tell me that, but um, the other more, more times I've seen it, like, it really makes me sad. I don't know, the more I think yeah, about it, the I, more I've seen it and stuff like that. I mean, it's but, uh, sad what, what because, you? Uh, you know, we lose this character. And it, it, I mean? But it, it is, like, it is a disturbing image. Just it is, yes. Him just throwing her off a cliff. Yeah. It's so, like, ugly. Yeah, it And is. she's, like, struggling and, like... Yeah, really, you know, it's horrifying. And do, don't you feel also that some, you know, in on some level, just because she's an alien, you're like, oh, she probably won't die <laughs> from a fall. I know she's very human-like, though. I never think. I know, but if alien. you think about like, if he threw Nebula off the cliff, she'd be like, all right, I'm good. Because <laughs> she's like robots. Yeah. She's like three but quarters. That, but robot. that's what I mean. There's a yeah. sense of like, oh, sh- is she did like distance. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the reason why it doesn't pack like, you know, a huge emotional punch is that none of the Guardians are there to see her die. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, the emotional impact is there. Yeah. Like, I think it, it'll it hits stronger if even even Nebula is there. You know, like, want someone with a genuine emotional connection to her, you know, I think that would have made a larger impact on me instead of just... Yeah. I think at the end, my feeling was, oh, damn, we'd lose Gamora as a character. It's not... Wow, what, that was so tragic. Well, it's also the fact that um, it her death takes place in a very mystical, heavy scenario. Mm. So, in the back of your mind, you're like, "Well, this is like a total like it's like Buffy rules. It's a mystical death, so this could be reversed." Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's like a little bit of that as well. But obvi- I, I get why they didn't have the Guardians there because they used her reaction as like part of the structure where. Peter Quill freaks out and exactly. destroys so, the plan. And that is... I I understand why they yeah. did it, yeah, but yeah. it's frustrating. Because you feel like you would it's if, a, if they were there to see her death. Yeah. It, but in a way, it makes it sadder that she died alone and frightened. I understand that intellectually, yeah. but... But you just don't feel it viscerally I, I don't. That's and fair I, enough. And yeah. even with Nebula there, they could have just had Nebula witness her death. I think that would have been more poetic, you know, the 
the three family, the daughter that he didn't want. Yeah. And the daughter that he loved. He has to give away the daughter he wants. Exactly. And the complexity of Nebula seeing that the thing she wanted most from Thanos is ultimately what saved her. That would be interesting if she actually was there, yeah. And to, maybe to have her break the news to Peter. Stop writing a better fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, look, it's always, look, it's always easy to... Um, in hindsight. Yeah, right. in yeah. hindsight. And it's, it's easy to give, like, suggestions <laughs> when you have to make something from scratch, like the Russell brothers did. And I think they did an excellent job. It's just... You know, speaking of the flaws of the movie, yeah, yeah. this is my nitpick with the movie, yeah, yeah. right? Which is, I think, because of the rapid tonal shifts, and I think it's because of the plot uh, machinations. Yeah. In order to serve these plot machinations of Peter Quill being an absolute idiot, um, these things have to happen this way. And and I think it would have been stronger, a stronger emotional beat if they paid more attention to character moments, which I think this movie lacks. I think this has a lot of character moments, but you have to have really have already watched the other movies. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like... The movie is all about, especially with all the main characters, it's just all their worst fears are happening. Yeah. That's really the sort of character arc for almost everybody. Yeah. And there, there is, like, it's there in sort of subtle ways, like, um, Tony Stark's at the end, like, his worst fears happen, like, right in front of him. Yeah. I, I think more focus is given to Tony, so his arc is stronger. Yeah. I like, mean, you know. Yeah. Speaking of that, the last sort of flaw I have with it, I don't know if it's really a flaw, it's just a personal preference. Yeah. Is that there wasn't as much, like, cap as i would have liked yeah exactly. especially because this movie does find him in a fascinating place when you think of the events of civil war like he's on his own with black widow and falcon they're doing their thing and you kind of wonder how they're living and like exactly. Fal- you only really get like falcon just saying well the five the hotels haven't been five star <laughs> yeah. and you're looking at falcon and he's like perfect beard and you look at i mean and if you even think about captain america's reveal he is so beautiful like he i i wanted to cry oh that was such a great entrance i mean i he know looks he looks amazing he wasn't in the movie that much but when he was there it's like wow that's fucking cat i was like, just like yeah he's running into I think, the field with black I, I don't think my crowd like the crowd cheered but like i cheered in my heart i did yeah the first time i saw it i wanted to like clap or something yeah it was and beautiful. It's you know this movie is essentially a really long fight scene, and the the characters mostly are in like fight mode. They're in reactive mode. Yeah, they're in re- reactive. They're scrambling. Mode. There's no time to build character. Uh, that's why they needed to focus. Just it's shorthand. On it's a lot of shorthand. Yeah, you know, Black Widow is literally just fighting in this movie. Like she she doesn't need to be in here really if you see her as a character and if you want to build her arc as a character she doesn't have to be in this movie yeah i so what's, who surprisingly got the front i got a theory at the end about all this stuff with black widow and cap and all that okay but okay it's, it's not really a theory but it's just i think how this movie is made i see but um what was i gonna say they front and center surprisingly vision and wanda and yeah the the, the two yeah. I, I get the need for like a, a love story between the two of them. It's like important, but they really the wrapped is, it up in this movie. The thing is, is that those two actors are really great on their own. Yes, but they have zero the, chemistry. They have no chemistry. Zero. Why? It's so. Weird. I think it's the age difference. I feel like Elizabeth Olsen is not like the age difference between her and um, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany is just. It's not that it's too huge, but it just doesn't seem right. They I mean, I feel like they're not. No they, sh- they shouldn't be lovers at all. When I see them, and it looks even weirder with 
Paul Bettany as Paul Bettany. Yeah. You know, like it worked better with him as Vision. It did, yeah, which is odd. Like, and and this movie does this weird thing where it really plays up. It really plays up the romantic comedies or like romance side of Scarlet Witch and Vision, well, and and that, they yeah. make him like so, some kind of bumbling awkward buffoon i don't think so i i don't think they make him they make him more human because Uh. and tony mentions like he like it's it's there in the movie like it's set up like he's evolving and stuff like that and he's becoming more human like than he was in the previous movie so (laughs) okay fine it made sense that he was sort of awkward in that way i kind of miss like kind of Regular vision. Yeah, regular vision who is like, I don't understand humanity. That kind of vision. Because at least that's a character that I recognize. But with they... this one, he just becomes... He's not the character that I know. He is just like a guy, a very socially awkward guy, but not in the Drax awkward sense. And he's more like, you know, the neurotic Jew. <laughs> like... But they've sort of... If you think about it, in Age of Ultron, he's like this perfect being, right? Yes. Like, he's like Buddha if Superman was Buddha. Yeah. And then in Civil War, he's a bit more awkward. He's wearing, like, clothes. It, but he's still weird. Yeah. And then in this one, he's, like, looking like Paul Bettany sometimes. Like, he can... <laughs> so, I could see the progression there. Sure, my main sure. issue, My main issue is literally, like, just the chemistry Isn't wasn't there. right. You don't buy that love story. It's not the writing or the direction. It's just whatever it wasn't I, I think it's the writing as well because it's pretty standard like um, romance lines and yeah. stuff like that and i feel like everything is planned right if this movie has been planned for the beginning um i think they adjust those plans a lot I and see. i'll get into that as all well. right well yeah. we'll talk about it but yeah. i think vision and scarlet of witch as characters are designed to be plot points in this final movie like they're pawns in the emotional yeah. sense as they're well. plot devices yeah. first character second because yeah. when you think about their characters really don't make sense like uh, scarlet witch's powers don't make sense in this universe like you just don't see how where her place is there's always something off about you know her place in the avengers it just doesn't she just always seemed like she doesn't fit that's, and, and that's, vision's power yeah. set as well you're like Okay, he can phase. He seems like he's Superman, but like suddenly he's like kind of weak now in 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 this movie. I feel well from my experience anyway. I always yeah. felt like there was something off about these two characters, and I think the reason why it felt that way is that they are shoehorned into this movie to be plot devices, which fine. Yeah, but yeah. They're but not if, characters. If, if you're going to give them a romance story, that sticks out even more. The fact that they are sort of plot devices. Yeah, because it makes you realize. Oh, I don't care if they break up, they die. <laughs> and it's sort of taken to absurd levels when Vision like dies twice. So yeah. the impact is lost. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Which it should be more, but it's not quite as much. Yeah. To the fun stuff now, because <laughs> I want to talk about the stuff I really liked about all right, this movie. All right, all right. So, there's, yeah. There's a lot to enjoy. Yes. This movie has as many groups as there are main characters in the first Avengers movie. <laughs> it's basically all groups of characters. Yes. And in terms of the highlights for me, my favorite was probably Thor, Rocket, and Groot. Yes. Like, going on their own offshoot where Thor has to go on... Because in these Avengers movies, Thor's on, always on a quest. They yeah. have to give him a quest. Because <laughs> he's so powerful, they have to, like, give they him... Have to, they have to it, distract it, him. Yeah, it's a storm. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be a storm scene. Syndrome, you know, like they have to knock him out. Yeah, he has, to, he has to do his own thing. But I felt it was pretty organic considering Thor Ragnarok and this yeah. movie too. And Chris Hemsworth actually gets the best acting moment yeah. in this movie when he's talking to the raccoon, Sweet Rabbit. And he's <laughs> he's talking about like everything he's lost. 
And you're kind of like, wow, he actually is the most tragic yeah. character in he this lost, whole... Yeah. He's lost everything. everything. Like, he has nothing. His home. Well, half of his home, apparently. They say, he, like, half yeah. his people have left. But, like, you know, he loses Loki straight away at this, uh, the beginning. They, Loki unceremoniously killed off, which I'm kind of happy with, because I was, like, getting over Loki. I was just like, oh, why is he still here? He gave <laughs> a pretty graphic death, too. It's like a Joffrey <laughs> yeah. death. I think it was just like, hey, he's FYI, he, yeah, he ain't coming He's back. dead, he's dead. Look at him, he's dead. Like, the camera was lingering on his corpse like it was masturbating over it. Like, look, he's dead. Because Loki has died so many times in these movies. They need visual confirmation. They need to show you he's dead. And they need to blow up the, the whole... Ship. They the ship. They need to blow up his body in. just yeah. to make sure. And, yes, the the Guardians and Thor interaction is one of my favorite parts of this movie. I, movie. I didn't expect to be so many Guardians... In, in this movie that's called Avengers Infinity War. You well, we're know? getting to, into the cosmic stuff now, yeah. so it makes sense that the cosmic characters are more front and center. Yeah. But I love the fact that it even feeds into Rocket's character development too, because as they remind you in this movie, Rocket's the kind of guy who like steals people's shit like, yes. for their body parts. <laughs> and I love the fact that he sort of steps up and he's like, here, you're going to need an eyeball. And yeah. he, gives him, he gives him something. He does, yeah. And Groot also provides the handle for a Stormbreaker. Oh, uh, epic moment. It's like, it's sort of a great way to, like, they don't have all the screen time in the world, even though they get quite a bit... But it's a great way to sort of tie them, those three together. Yes. It's kind of beautiful. I would watch a movie that is just the three of them having adventures. I honestly would. It was so I would so watch great. a miniseries. <laughs> yeah. And you get, you know, that great Peter Dinklage cameo as yes. the dwarf. As a giant dwarf. Who, like, builds these magical weapons. Yeah. I do have a gripe with with the whole setup of the weapon, though, which is, you know, he, they make a big deal of, you know, Mjolnir. Yeah. Um, get, you know, being created in the in the heart of a dying star yeah which is the star that we see now but yeah you know <laughs> the logistics of it is a bit weird because what it really is is that the star melts the uh, melts the material to yeah. make the axe i just can't see why howie that's... howie at a certain point <laughs> you gotta just buy it look i'm just it's saying a i'm giant just saying. dwarf making a weapon out i know starfire and thor takes all of the starfire and doesn't look, even die it's absurd yeah, but it, it, it works bit, i mean look I it, it, it doesn't ruin the movie for yeah. me it, but it did leave me questioning like how is you that can't. special <laughs> It's a fucking star. Did you see it? Yeah. Really, like, it, it just uses, like, they might as well just use, like, throw in five bombs in I the I mean, it shuttle. looks like he's just making it out of metal because at a, <laughs> at a, you know, at a certain level, you've got to be able to recognize what you're seeing, right? It's like, oh, he uses the mold and the fire to make yeah. the, the metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, look, yeah. look, we're getting, like, this is, a, nitpicky. this is a super nitpick. Uh, yeah. I'll admit I'll that. I'll fight you on that one. Let's touch on the pitch perfect a meeting between the Guardians and Thor from the moment Yes, everyone was gold. Yeah, everything <laughs> like beat after beat after beat was hilarious. I think it helps that James Gunn wrote the Guardians yeah, lines in this I'm, movie. I'm so happy that he yeah, that he's involved. Because they have such distinctive voices yeah. that yeah, you need him to give it a push. We also also it's important to credit Taika Waititi for reinvigorating Thor as a a character. Yeah. You know, he was my least favorite Avengers in the first two. Yeah, he was. And now he's my, like, one of my favorites. Yeah. Black Widow, of course. Yeah, Black Widow still holds his (laughs) face. But he's one of the best Avengers now. Mm -hmm. You know, like, every scene is, demands attention. Yeah. They really, like, um, take advantage of Chris Hemsworth, like, comedic 
charisma and stuff yeah like and that. he has great comedic timing yeah it's actually unfair that he looks like that and he's so funny it's like <laughs> yeah. it's fucking insane <laughs> them fawning over him on the table all, and peter quill yeah. getting jealous yeah because they're all looking at him the way he wants them to look at yeah, him yeah so he's like his alpha maleness is getting threatened probably for the first time yeah that was i think that's my favorite character interaction between a set of characters that are from different properties yeah same i think that was the most well done but uh the second my second favorite followed closely with that was um tony stark dr strange and spider-man yes that little that little trio especially when they first uh you know meet at that big fight in new york city and then Mm -hmm. they're like attached to this giant donut spaceship um the stuff with stephen strange and tony stark was pretty much perfect because of (laughs) course they hate each other because they're the same same fucking person (laughs) like yeah (laughs) They're the same. They they're made out of the, of the same mold. <laughs> they even have the same goatee. Yes. So, and they they have such giant egos. Like, yeah. Of course, they're not gonna get along. Of course, when yeah. they uh, first meet. But um, I yeah, I really enjoyed their their sort of setting. Yeah, and they make a good use of the whole Doctor Strange. Uh, powers thing, you know, with the whole portal. It's it's essentially like Blink from x-men now where it's like the portal thing yeah a, a lot of their powers is that and that's yeah. that's always fun to watch yeah and i like the little choreography he does with his hands yeah or whatever they do some martial arts sort of looking thing yeah i find it funny that all they have to do is uh i, I think my sister brought it up it's like they just tie his hands up and he can't do his magic dr strange <laughs> yeah imagine if they cut his hands could he do that's his magic? What, that's what i said like that's it he's done he can't do that magic anymore i mean i think he could theoretically but just i think the, that just the, helps to channel it uh, yeah exactly like, but i dwarf, just find it funny yeah, like that's th- interesting to think about <laughs> yeah I even like that Wong had like some nice moments at the exactly. start because I really like Wong. Yeah, and then he has to go through the safety of the next Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> oh yeah, he to... he's like I have to protect the Sanctum. Uh, he does, yeah. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta go with that. Yeah, but um, yeah, th- those were great. Um, but actually, there's also just sort of the dr- dramatic and the comedic elements sort of clashing a little bit on that ship when um, Spider Man and Tony Stark were coming up with that plan to save Doctor Strange. Yes. And Spider-Man's like, you ever see that old movie Aliens? Uh, and the next scene, it's like a funny moment. Yeah. But the next scene is lit- like, uh, not even a second later, it's like Doctor Strange is getting knives in his fucking face and That's screaming. True. That's so it's like, true. whoa, whoa, I'm feeling the whiplash a little bit. <laughs> so I just, I just, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Which, courtesy of uh, Ebony Moore, one of Thanos' henchmen, and one of like my favorite one-off characters in these Marvel movies, I think. Yeah. His role is literally just to sort of announce that you're all going to die yeah. when they arrive. And he does it so gentlemanly. Yeah. And he looks like such a fucking creep it, as It's well. kind of annoying because he says it in a tone of, hey, I'm doing you a favor. That's why I like it so like, much. It's hey, so guys, funny. rejoice. You're going to die. In death, you will all be children of Thanos. Uh, uh, yeah, that's funny. I, I think, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I think it's... But um, the other once there's the woman alien played by uh the leftovers actress carrie coon she has the coolest name and they don't even say it out loud what is it again proxima midnight oh that's cool and the other her the other dude with her is corvius glaive or something like that is he her are they like husband and wife aliens yeah they're like big lovers in the comics i wish i wish they played that up a little bit in this movie just to give them some personality it wouldn't have taken much yeah but instead they're just the glowering villains and the only one who really gets any kind of personality is the ebony moore the wizard the wizard one yeah 
But um, yeah, what, I really enjoyed him. Did you did you enjoy him as much as I did? Uh no, no. I mean, it yeah. was fine. Yeah. Like they, but they were so bland. And I think okay, but I guess they're bland by design. They're essentially you know extent Thanos extensions. Yeah, they're just you know they might as well much. have been just five Ultrons or something. I'm like, all right. No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> that would like just they're not just like blank robots. But. Uh, that's true, but I feel like. I mean, fine. Like they yeah. weren't anything special. You know, then I feel like that it's there a waste of Carrie Coon, who is a great That's actress. That's true. It is a waste of her. She's such a great dramatic she even, actress, dude. She like I don't know if this and, is and just she me, gives but, it yeah. her all. She delivers movie. just standard lines, and it sounds so cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think it's crazy waste. But they might as well have made her, uh, you know, a villain in her own right in another movie. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think they could have saved that for saved just, that just, asset for later, she but oh crumpled well. into juice. Yeah, <laughs> by the giant wheels. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good death, at least. And oh, speaking of her death, yes. How about this line from Black Widow? Where <laughs> she gets mudged. She gets smudged by this giant mach- rolling machine thing, and and and, and Black Widow's like. That was gross. I loved that. It was hilarious, but it was so out of nowhere. I was like. I mean, I laughed out loud because, hey, at least you gave Black Widow nah, one line. Nah, my friend, that's totally in her sense of wryness because it's like, reminds me of her line in the first Avengers when Iron Man's like, I'm bringing the party to you and a giant fucking snake is coming at them. And all she says is, I don't see how that's a party. <laughs> that's totally with I, I mean, I, I'm not saying yeah. it's not like, it's inconsistent. I just uh, feel like. Oh hey, thanks guys for remembering that Black Widow exists as a character. <laughs> yeah, she really got the short thrift shift in this. She movie. did, but I'm glad she didn't die. Just, just, maybe they'll give her more to do in the next Avengers. Yeah, well that's that's what I'm thinking too. Um, do we want to talk about who is left? Yeah, who are the leftovers in this? We've got, oh. we've obviously I think we've covered pretty much everybody. There's so much, um, like every faction. Yeah, well actually let's quickly talk about the whole side quest with you know we we touched on iron man and doctor strange and peter parker yes and then they of course meet um nebula and like i love that team up uh, of them and the use of mantis you know yeah, whole... i was surprised they she wasn't just background character yeah they actually use her and well. and it was such a creative use of her character's power set and yeah. and she has she's one of the most interesting power sets in in the MCU because it's not just I fight good, you know. Yeah, what I mean? She's an empath. Yeah, it's such an interesting. That's more towards like X Men territory territory where it's sure, like you yeah. get creative use of powers. Yeah, but uh, let's talk about their I guess whole strategy to capture thanos or like d d power thanos but i just want to say drax and peter quill and tony stark fucking oh it's great yeah great pairing they obviously thought about what would make the best pairings i'll just say that and it's it's hilarious like yeah lol like it's like belly laughing it is yeah um oh drax so good i i was like worried when they cut like when he uses the reality stone on Mantis oh, and Drax. turned into cubes. Cubes. I was like, oh, shit. And Mantis becomes spaghetti. Yeah. That's why I liked that the Infinity Gauntlet stuff wasn't just zap zap all the time. Like, there was some weird shit with it, too. There was a bit of that, I guess. There was, yeah. Where you're like, what does this stone do? You know, like, where you're like, what does a soul stone do? I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, all you know is at this point is that he just needs it as part of his collection for all, yeah. to be omnipotent. That's all you know, though. <laughs> Yeah. Obviously, it'll come into play 
sometime down the line, but whatever. But um, yeah, what about their plan to capture Thanos? What do you? What oh, you I say? just wanted to touch on. So this is one of the most frustrating, but understandably necessary scenes of oh, the movie. Oh, you talking about Star Lord's freakout? Yes. Oh, we're on Star Lord's freakout, everybody. Everyone has an opinion on this. <laughs> Let's get into it. One of the more, I guess, this is a well-received movie, one of the more polarizing bits. I guess. This is the, yeah, most controversial bit, right? Because yeah. um, apparently we just read like an article that uh, basically outlining the the, the threats that um, actor Chris Pratt is uh, is receiving because of um, character Star-Lord's stupid mistake. And like you get fans that are maybe have a you know can't blur. tell reality from <laughs> yeah. like fiction yeah maybe you that know. he's an actor paid to say lines <laughs> that's his job yeah maybe it, <laughs> the, the reality stone is in effect and it like blurred their reality i think so yeah <laughs> i think this in gauntlet is too powerful yeah um but it is frustrating it is frustrating that to see <laughs> that they're so close to getting the glove off and then it's also, you could see it from a mile away. You can see this happening from a mile away. Do you away. know why, though? Because it's called character development, Howie. Actually, it's not called character it development is, because it is character he did the exact same rash decision when in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where he just, like, acts first and, and shoots That's later. what he does. That's his character. But it doesn't... And make... also, you got he has developed, because let me defend Star-Lord. Even sure. Though, actually, it's a really stupid, indefensible thing he did. But allow me to try and... Like, you, have, you literally have people yelling, like, hey, yeah. we're going to depower yeah. him, so you can't kill him. Yeah, he was supposed to be the asshole in that scene. But earlier, he did the most mature thing he could have possibly have done. Which is to... Pull the trigger on Gamora. Yes. When she asked him to. Yeah. And not only does he find out that that doesn't even matter that he did that and that she's dead, like you said, it's like he, that's totally in his character. Like he's an asshole who just like reacts, like no matter what. It's not the the restraint, like it, I'm not angry that he doesn't show restraint. I'm yeah. angry that he's stupid. Like he doesn't just react, he reacts in a way that is clearly and he knows that it's in in detriment to himself he knows that thanos can't die you know as far as he knows his gun would be bubbles as he sh shoots well, he was like punching him in the face to interrupt <laughs> that scene wasn't he yeah yeah i mean i it's a minor nitpick look whatever no you know? some i mean like i and i think i think some people are really like because it's interesting because it's like frustrating by design it's meant to be incredibly yeah. and it is frustrating to watch him do that i just but i feel like it wasn't bad for me because it's consistent with who he is yeah and if this leads to like some growth or something that's cool but i i feel like it was consistent with his with his behavior sure so. i mean i just don't buy like, and it it, add, it adds like a good tension to the movie because there's like three times when they have Thanos like dead to rights actually yeah within the movie or you think they do so it sort of adds tension so I agree yeah. and look I can see that but I want like I think this is for the haters out there okay yeah okay yeah. which is I, I, I don't I don't buy character consistency like character consistency is an excuse you needed this to happen and you're just using Oh yeah, Peter Quill. But if they used another character, if they needed this to happen, they and they used another character. I agree, it would be horrible. No, I mean, uh, it could have just happened like they just 
didn't do it in time. But that's not as dramatic. <laughs> you gotta think of like what makes dr- as the most dramatic as possible. I didn't like thing. it. I didn't like it. it. It could have happened in a different way that makes me buy this rash decision. I I bought it. But I I was just like. Fuck this! Like if you know if Nebula didn't act that way, you don't get to do that. Nebula and Gamora's relationship is way different. They don't even their relationship has so much baggage. They probably they don't even like each other.、Uh, there's another way to do this, and I didn't feel that it was dramatic. I didn't feel I like, thought it was. I didn't feel like oh shit, he made a mistake. I'm like that took me out of the movie. No, I, no, no, no. I was like oh, I could see this being. Like I was so absorbed to, in the movie、uh, until that point, I was like, "Oh, okay, we're getting to the next. Like, this needs to happen. We're at a climax." Well, it all needs to happen. They've obviously like mathematically calculated all the dramatic beats. You have I know, to with all these characters. But this feels less it organic. It, it, it to didn't.、Me. It felt organic to me because, also, like while I'm so frustrated that he's such a dumbass, like. The way Chris Pratt plays it when his heart's getting broken, it's like I feel for him a lot、yeah. at the same time. And it, I don't know. It worked for me on that on that level, but it, it is like frustrating. It's like what what you're saying to me makes sense on paper.、Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. But what actually plays out, I don't accept. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I I I I accepted it. So just agree to disagree. Agree to disagree.、One. All right. Yeah, that one works. It has to happen、but、at some I, point. I want I want. <laughs> Leave a comment like what you thought about that moment because I feel like the reactions have been everywhere. Yeah,、like、are you? Yeah, are you Team、that? Howie or Team Reese? Email us at spoilernationpodcast at gmail dot com and tell us tell us did the Peter Quill decision work for you or not? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think because I I am curious to see what you guys think. Yeah, but um, that's when we get to the one of the best scenes <laughs> is when Thanos throws a fucking moon at everybody. <laughs> Literally, it's crazy. He throws a goddamn moon with that glove. It was amazing. Yeah,、uh, and he almost kills Tony Stark. They have like a battle. Yeah, like Tony Stark is the only one who actually hurts Thanos in、yeah. this movie, and it's just like a little tiny scratch. Yeah, and I, you know, it's pretty. It was really cool because this is, of course, as you said, Tony Stark's biggest fear, right? That, yeah. You know, but really, his fear is that he lives and all his, his friends, friends die. die. That's what I mean. That that's what happens at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's、um, right. Question for you, Howie. Did you think Tony Stark was dead when he got stabbed? Because I was like, "Oh, that's." I、it. thought he was dead. That's what I, I thought, thought he was、too. dead. I was like, like he's that's human now. Yeah, he got stabbed, but then when I see, I、Here、think someone patches him yeah, up. He does it with his suit. Yeah. yeah, that's when I'm like, "Oh, okay." I like, I'm, I, it's not a huge thing. I was like, "All right, I guess he's not dead." Yeah, yeah. You know, I knew he wasn't gonna die when Doctor Strange said, "Spare his life," because that's when I was like, "Oh, that wound is not life threatening." Then, because yeah. He's telling him to spare his life, even though he's got a giant fucking blade <laughs>、yeah. sticking out his rib. Yeah, because he's for Doctor Strange to give the time the time stone. stone. Yeah, for someone who is certified dead, like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. So you know, oh, obviously he's not dead. Yeah, dramatically speaking, he's、yeah. alive for all. Both Doctor Strange, a medically trained doctor, and the movie itself、oh, thinks、yeah. that go. he's、that's、not going to die. Got、so. a good point because he is a doctor. <laughs> I can't is, forget that. Is. <laughs> that is his. It's、name. in his name, Doctor、it's, Strange, and it's not his made-up fake name as、uh, <laughs> as Peter Parker thinks. Tom Holland was such a delight in this. <laughs> She, he, I think one of the best、um, fight scenes is this the non-fight scene of of Spider-Man saving Mantis and、uh, Drax. Yes. Where he's like slinging everywhere, he's like, "I got you, I got you." I'm sorry, I can't remember everyone's names.、Yeah. That was great、yeah. because that was a an interesting way to execute an action scene that is not fighting. 
I think it's great to use Spider-Man for that because he's not like the heavy hitter. Dude. Yeah, yeah. But um, he got like a few kicks on Thanos' face when he's jumping through the portals. <laughs> through the portals. Catch in the face. Yeah. Here's a punch. Here's a kick. And then he obviously gets fucking over. Yeah. But, you know, of course that would happen. Very interesting combo of characters to fight. You know, this would not be my dream team to pick to fight against Thanos, but I, it was really fun to see this hey, combination of characters yeah. appear. It wouldn't be Tony's dream team either because when he realizes <laughs> they're morons, there's this terrific shot of, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s face. Yes. Just losing hope. Yeah. And it, the camera lingers on it too. Yeah. Like, it's like an office moment almost. <laughs> it is. It's it's like a gym moment where he looks to the camera like and shrugs like, oh shit. He's just completely defeated. Yeah, you see the light leaving his eyes like, fuck, I, I'm in a comedy. <laughs> Especially when it's like, because his character always has something to say or he always bounces back quickly yeah. from something. But in that moment, he doesn't. Like, yeah, he's he, like, this he, sure ain't the Avengers. He's down, Yeah. <laughs> I liked that um, they sort of acknowledge that him and Steve still aren't talking. Okay, another another small nitpick slash flaw in this, which I think cheapens the emotional weight of the first of this of Civil War. Yeah, is that okay? So the Hulk, you know, gets Idris Elba into the Sanctorium, yes, right? Yeah, and he's like, "Oh yes, hey Tony, we gotta call Steve." Yeah, and. <laughs> and uh tony stark has a uh, wanted fugitive steve rogers on speed dial on his no phone. that's not his phone though that's oh. um that's at the end of civil war steve said if you ever need us he- we're gonna be here and like uh stan lee delivers that cell phone at the end of civil war and he gives it to who to Tony Stark, like it's a delivery from, it's a gift from Steve Rogers. That's oh, why. That's why okay. it's just Steve Rogers. All right, Rogers all right, okay, yeah. good, good. Because I was just like, because um, how? Yeah, because yeah. dude, you're not alone though. Because I remember the first time seeing that in the cinema, and when Tony has the flip phone, everyone was giggling like, "Why does he have a flip phone?" And I'm like, "That was given to him." Does does nobody remember? <laughs> oh, I just, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the freak who just remembers. <laughs> but yeah, that was at the end of. That's like break glass in case of emergency phone. I, I see. I okay, I buy that then. Yeah, in yeah. that case, yeah. it's a small thing when yeah. I saw it. But yeah, okay, that makes sense. If he did just have him on speed dial, that would be weird. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was just from Steve Rogers that phone. Yeah, and I love that. Uh, just to go that for away from that, I love. The setup, right? Okay, he he calls Steve at the end, or not not him, but Mark Ruffalo, and we kind of forget that you know he's gonna show up, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. because you know a lot of things happen, and yeah. then we get that kind of midnight in Paris scene with <laughs> with uh, Scarlet <laughs> Witch, completely <and> empty Scotland, <laughs> yeah. and then they get attacked like brutally surprise attacked by carrie coon's character oh yeah and her her boyfriend yeah and you're like oh shit how are they gonna get out of this right because there's a great scene with um scarlet witch just using her powers to just drag um, drag vision everywhere because and you're like oh shit they're just gonna get it now they get literally cornered (laughs) and then and then steve and black widow uh, can show up what uh what an intro what a reveal you know you get that beautiful beard you get um, stepping out of the wing shadows, guy, what's his name? Falcon. Falcon flying around, and you get Black Widow, my girl, the spear from Steve. <laughs> yes. Like they're doing that little teamwork. Oh, uh, like that was the Avengers that I wanted to see. They you know played I mean? even during that scene. They played the classic Avengers yes. theme, and I love it. It was a great introduction to that team, I guess. Yeah, it was. Um, they because they come at exactly the right moment where you you know you're like wow it's like clearly maximized for yes, you to cheer definitely when you see it and it, it is very effective. 
But um, um, then they're pretty much straight to Wakanda, and yes. we get Wakanda pretty late. Um, yeah. I don't think Marvel knew that Black Panther was going to be, so be such huge, a hit, right? Because Shuri's like in two scenes, and Black <laughs> Panther's not in it that much. Yeah. But I like the continuity from um, Mubaku, the tribe. Yes. He's like friends with Black Panther yeah. now. Yeah. And um, all that good stuff. I like that he just recognizes that, okay, this is a worldwide threat and I will be united. Yeah. Water under the bridge. They <laughs> even acknowledge that Wakanda recently just sort of opened its That's borders right, and stuff exactly. with yeah. Okoye. She um, had some choice lines as well. Why was she up there this whole time when Scarlet Witch does that yeah. mega fucking... <laughs> Thing. Why was she up there this whole she time? She was protecting Vision. Yeah. She was protecting the stone, I, I think, guess. yes. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but I feel like she they should have, like, be strategic, you know? Get someone else there. Well, you want the strongest person there. Well, the strongest person should be at the ground, like, actually. This is the problem with, I think, Scarlet Witch's power set, is that she can be however powerful or however weak th- that the plot wants her to be. Yeah. Because if you remember that scene where her brother dies. Yes. And, like, she explodes. Yeah. But, you know, not literally, she but like... She disintegrates those bots. Everything, yeah. everything around her. And yeah. it's like, dude, you know, do that. <laughs> I disagree, but um, there's one nitpick with Scarlet Witch's power stuff is that in Age of Ultron, she had like mind powers. And yeah, yeah, because... It, they dropped that. Okay, what gave her her powers? Which stone is it? it is it Loki's, not... Something in Loki's scepter. Yeah, is it not the mind stone? I don't know if it's the mind stone or something else. Because what... You don't see really how. You're just told yeah, that they were experimented on. Yeah, because it's Loki's Loki scepter. scepter, right? Yeah. Is that what Vision's stone is? Yes. That, so yeah. maybe that is... And that's where they got it from, right? Yeah, yeah. The, it must have been the Mind Stone. From yeah. Loki's scepter, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Because... Loki scepter. Yeah, so... It it makes sense that she has mind power, mind power. Yeah, exactly. But they just never use it. <laughs> Again, or she never uses it. Yeah, and it's more like telekinesis. Yeah, kind of. But um, it makes but, sense that she's the strongest because in Civil War that was like a big, like they're all afraid of her because of how strong yeah. she was. And so I I don't mind her being like ridiculously sort of overpowered. I oh mean, no, I don't the, mind that either, but then in Infinity War she doesn't seem that powerful. She's so powerful, really? Nah. She repelled Thanos with the glove at the end and yeah. blew up Vision with the stone <laughs> in his head at the same time. And, but that's what I mean. It's a very minor nitpick because yeah, yeah, okay. it's yeah. the inherent flaw of her as a plot device. Which yeah. is she's as powerful as we as the plot needs it to be. But we, I never because, but I would agree with that if there was ever a moment where she was like weak, but I've never... She's weak against two characters that, like, their skills are fighting. Like, the aliens. Well, no, she, like, kicks their asses. No, she doesn't. She does. She She could have, like, just made them pass out. Pass out. Yeah. Uh, She could have, like, incapacitated them easily if you use... Like, if she could stop Thanos like that, you, you don't think that she could just kill the two characters well she was trying she was like throwing them through cars and buildings the bigger question is why weren't they dying because she was dishing in punishment but like that's the thing with i think that's the thing with the henchmen because they can fight black widow okay and okoye but against scarlet witch i'm actually really shocked that black widow can hold her own against these aliens i'm just like whoa is she like superhuman i have more of a thing with that like that's i'm like how can she fight there's no way it's hilarious but then you get to the thing where it's like well then she can't do anything because that's all she does and that's where you get the bit of the awkward like where do all these characters fit exactly that's the thing like uh i feel like i've said this but maybe not on on the podcast but 
I love Black Widow for the potential of her story. Yeah. I love Black Widow for the potential of what she represents because she's ultimately the most human character in a sense of like that's she doesn't have extra power. She's she's not super. She doesn't have a robot suit. I actually you always uh, I disagree slightly. Just that I always felt they always made Hawkeye the human. She always felt slightly supernatural, even with her oh, fighting. Really? Yeah, because I remember I rewatched the first Avengers before this one, and like she does this move where um she jumps off Cap Shield and like clutches onto like a flying thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that should fucking kill her arm off. But okay, but that's that's what I mean. Like the idea of her character is yeah. good. Yeah. But what they ended up with her is that she's just another fighting machine. Yeah. Where, they made her the fighting machine. Where her character sure. yeah. skill set is, she's a spy. Yeah. Like she's a spy, and yeah. she's she should be the strategic person. She should be the person who does shady things and conceals. You know, like she's. That's why her highlight was still in the first Avengers is when she tricks the trickster card it was one of into yeah, revealing. it was one of the best scenes yeah. and i feel like she could have played a her role in this movie or in any you know avengers movie should have been more of a strategic or or kind of trick related spy related yeah i feel like thing. that stuff is um, instead of they, oh yeah she's a ninja she does better in the grounded stuff like she's best actually in winter soldier in which yeah. there is more espionage type yeah. stuff and uh, she shines in that, that movie. yeah that was the highlight but of you, her character you put yeah. her with like these cosmic aliens and all she can really be is the fighting machine with a wry sense of humor and you know yeah i kind of succinct. i just think that there is a way to fit her in in this context yeah. and this movie doesn't do it, which is fine. Yeah. Because there are all, all the other characters that we enjoy. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. But you naturally, some are going to get the short shift. E- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and it doesn't help that, you know, they're very minimal women, main women characters, and she's an Avenger. Like, yeah. y- you bill her as an Avenger, and yet you that's, this is what you're giving her, if, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know but, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Enough about Black Widow. <laughs> okay, let's talk about who's left, I guess. You know, after the snap. Oh, so Thanos does the mighty snap. You know who's left? All of the original Avengers. OG Avengers. And... Yeah. Um, Okoye is left. Yes. Rocket is the only Guardian left. Um, I guess Nebula. Is Nebula Nebula's there? left, yeah. Yeah, so those two from that franchise... Unaccounted for are people like Hawkeye, who is like on vacation oh, oh, with you, his family. Yeah, you should. To- he's totally alive, but his family's gone. That's what I think happens. Oh, okay, and yeah. that's what gets him back into the OG team. Yep, uh, exactly. I think that's how that's going to go down. Also unaccounted for, Ant Man. Ant Man, who totally... is nowhere in this movie. Yeah, they um. There's a throwaway line where Natasha Menson mentions that um. They be- took some deal. They took some deal because of their families, so yeah. they're under house arrest or some shit. Right. So they're. That's, you know, they're just out of the picture in that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a moment, right? Because y- you get that scene where um, you get a typical self-sacrificing scene with, of course, Vision. Um, Scarlet Witch yeah. and Vision. And yeah. she destroys and you're like, whoa, she's so powerful. Yeah. She sacrifices her love. I mean, in a way, it seems like it could cohere thematically with Thanos sacrificing yeah. what he loves and... To stop him, Scarlet Witch has to sacrifice what she loves. An obvious, an obvious inverse when Thanos displays some empathy toward her before yeah. he brings back Vision, which I yeah. thought was a really nice touch. And this is what's really interesting about Thanos as a character. This is an interesting spin with him, is that he is ultimately uninterested in murdering everyone. Like, that, his main driver isn't really kill everyone. It's more like, 
population control. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's really a really smart move on the Russell brothers. To part, differentiate him. To have to change his deal or yeah. his motivation in that sense. Because when he doesn't kill characters, you're not wondering, hey, that was stupid of him to leave these characters alive. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. plays out as a more of a character consistency situation where you're like, oh, he's just, he wants people to live. It just makes him more interesting too. Yeah, that he's not just like a mindless exactly. killing machine. I think they. Um, I'm sh- pleasantly surprised by how well they they created you know Thanos as the, as a character. Yeah, but I liked the sort of interesting contradiction where he's all about it's just a simple calculus. I'm doing this the most <laughs> yeah. merciful way. I just click my fingers and they go. Yeah, but he like fucking tortures people and like he's. He, yeah. does, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care. So, he just goes to the murder solution. Yeah, because exactly. He is, like, he is a fucking madman. Like, yeah. you got to remember at the end of the day, he is the bad guy. You can only be, exactly. You can only be so nuanced. But I think there's enough there where, it, like, he's differentiated enough from, like, exactly, the standard yes. robot killing machine or totally. whatever. Totally. He reminds me more of, uh, let's say, Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther, where he's a great villain in that way. Of. We see his perspective, but it's it's just a grain. The yeah. rest of it is just like he's we a- we understand his perspective while also knowing that he's that he's bad. Yeah, he's know? horrible. Yeah, I they- mean he has henchmen who like preach about him. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, he's obviously like some yeah, like you say, he's like some egotistical fucking madman. Yeah. I mean, he is like a giant godlike figure, I guess. But you know. I do um, like the I, the thing that makes his motivation even better is that uh, the thing that he feared the most happened to his planet, like his home planet, about yeah. the over-resources and yes. stuff like that, and that he's tried it with Gamora's planet and presumably other planets, and he sees that it worked. Yeah, so exactly. So they set up his motivation to do it to the whole universe. It's pretty solid. It's solid, yeah, because yeah. he has evidence to yeah. back it up. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, look, it's flourish. So he's not like delusional but he's just fucking psychotic (laughs) in his execution of what he's talking about the cgi on him was really fucking good like at certain points they didn't even think of him as like just a cartoon character which is essentially what he is yeah and i think josh brolin um because it's motion capture it's josh brolin in the mocap suit and he doesn't give thanos like one kind of cadence if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of there's a richness to it, like how he's talking and stuff like that. And I think that aids in probably gives the animators choice in how they're going to animate his facial expressions because there, he says certain words and like, you see like there's like some hint of sadness in his voice and it's backed up by the animation on what they do with him. And it just helps to make him feel like a, like a realized character, which good because you know, he, he has a lot of screen time in this movie there's all this build-up, and we have to believe in that him as he's a, bad a guy. real, yeah, that he's a real being. Yeah, that exists. He has to be charismatic <laughs> to a certain extent. Yeah, and they did a great job with that. They made a great choice to have him in the armor, but then have him remove the armor. Yeah, because removing the armor like allows a more a more full range of like humanity and emotions and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But um, I, I really in, enjoyed Josh Brolin's performance. I mean, it's got to be weird just to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's also going to be weird to see him as Cable in the Deadpool, in the second Deadpool. Yeah, there's enough remove, obviously. But um, yeah, it's, it is weird. He's playing like two big, <laughs> two big characters in different in, properties. In different well. properties, they're both technically Marvel. Technically. But, <laughs> you know, I, I really liked his performance. What did you think of him? 
Yeah, good. Yeah. Like I said, you know, what Thanos, the character, ended up being in this movie is surpassed my very low expectations of what what I thought would happen. Yeah, because all you've got is his one appearance in Guardian, and he yeah. just seems like typical bad guy. Yeah, he seemed like, especially in relation to the character he's associated with, which is uh that lee pace character in guardians ronan yeah that's right and which is the blandest ass uh, villain ever yeah (laughs) and so i'm like oh okay another bland a giant bland (laughs) evil different color but same brushstrokes like when i think he had a line in that movie where he's like you know what i'm gonna do it myself i'm like yeah fuck you yeah do it yourself (laughs) (laughs) get off your lazy ass And seeing this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, he should have done it himself a long time ago. He trusted the wrong people. He did. He trusted Loki, of all people. (laughs) (laughs) The most incompetent of gods. Okay, let's talk about, yeah, the ending and what the implications of the poofness (laughs) uh, mean to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously, we expect them to come back. You know, the people who got dusted away. Um, they're not gonna. They fought so hard for for the rights to Spider Man or to co share the rights to Spider Man. They're not gonna, you know. And and Tom Holland is just such a good actor, it's so good criminal, in that role. Yeah, not to give him more yeah, Spidey flicks. Black Panther, of course. Yeah, I could see you know Shuri taking over for that's um, uh, the taking the Black Panther mantle. Yeah, for the next one. I could I see, could that, see that happening, but highly unlikely that they would release Chad. Chadwick Wait, no Chadwick yeah like I think that. she'll done it while he's disappeared yeah because it has to be a Black Panther in Wakanda right I guess right but Black Panther is is after the fourth Avengers so the, the one second that... one the sequel oh yeah probably yeah then yeah, he'll yeah. probably be back yeah but I mean during Avengers 4 she might don the suit <sighs> yes I well we don't see her disappear she doesn't but don't, we don't yeah. see her I mean, I don't think she's she unaccounted for. She's I guess. unaccounted for. I don't um, think she disappears. I think yeah. she's there. Okay. Um, so I think what we've got a pretty clever thing here because obviously this movie's so cluttered. So what do they do? They get rid of, dwindle it down, dwindle it down to to the core, to the core, and the core have to save the day. Yeah. Obviously, in the next one, I'm so excited, and I think they'll like shine in the next one. And I saw some set photos actually of Avengers Four. Uh-huh. I've done some research uh-huh. to see what's going on. And it looks like there's some time traveling shenanigans. Okay, because so there's this is, yeah. Ant Man, he's Ant Man during the Battle of New York in the first Avengers. He's oh in that setting. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so science fiction yeah. has a very muddied relationship with time travel. I think. Yeah. And and when it comes to science fiction stories, you really, really have to be careful with introducing time travel into your narratives. Yes. And a lot of the times they don't do it well because yeah. it opens up a whole can of worms that, you know, just uh, hampers your narrative mm-hmm. if they are left unanswered. Yeah. So I think Days of Future Past do it well by yeah. limiting it to Wolverine's timeline. Yes. And even in Infinity War, we see, we start to see the seams of the usage of time travel, even in the smallest doses with Doctor Strange when he does that meditation. And he sees only and he one sees outcome. Like only one. Win. Yeah. You're just like, you're like, how does that work? Because every action that we take has an outcome. So, you know, they were really close to taking that glove off. Couldn't he see a possibility where the Peter Quinn off. gets knocked out? Like, couldn't he just knock out Peter see, Quinn? See, that's what Quill? I mean. I don't think... 
he knocked up he knocked out Peter Quill because in what he sees is that Thanos has to have all the stones because he literally gives him the that's stone. That's true, yeah. And that's then he true. says to Tony's like, why did you do that? Speaking for the audience, you know, <laughs> why would you give him that fucking stone? And then he's like, well, we're in the end game now. Yeah. And literally his last line is like, there was no other way. Yes. So obviously Thanos having all the stones is his undoing. Yeah. And him doing the snap even is like his undoing. That's and a hell of a burden for the next movie to carry. I know it was always going to the point where, yeah, Thanos is not really going to succeed because he's the bad guy. Ultimately. Ultimately. But... Having introduced that erases any stakes in the movie. By seeing Doctor Strange relinquishing, you know, the time stone. You know, obviously the character himself thinks that we might not succeed, but this is the only way we could. As movie audiences, we're like, oh, this is actual confirmation that nothing that happens is going to stick. No, I don't I don't read it that way at all, actually. I'll disagree with you on all this right. one. I, I think what that means is that they're going to win the conflict. But that's like a given. Like, you know the bad guy is not going to win in that sense. Yes. But I think the cost is going to be, like, enormous. And I think the cost in this case will be all of the original Avengers oh. will die. Oh, no. To bring back <laughs> the new Avengers or, like, everyone else. Because it's not a matter of what are we... If we're going to win or not. It's like it's more of a matter of, to me, it's like, what are they going to lose to win? Okay. And I think they're going to lose a lot. All right. That's that's why there's still stakes for me, because they still have a lot to lose. The stakes are still, yeah, it's character stakes. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to win. Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. But it's like, what are they going to lose? And I think they're going to, like... I think Avengers 4 is almost going to be like a reboot, where, where they're going to clear the board big time and reshuffle some things. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think they're smart enough to not introduce too much time travel or like not be convoluted in their introduction of time travel yeah that's obviously where they're going to go to fix everything because there's no other way yeah like, yeah it makes exactly sense that there's time travel exactly be involved. but there is like a tendency for time travel to like bloat and overcomplicate exactly shit. and that's that's what i'm worried about but seeing how well they juggle this movie yeah i think the russell brothers could do it yeah and the writers marcus mcfeely and the other one sorry i forgot the name but um, yeah, you got these people running a, a well-oiled machine. Yeah. So I feel like the time travel stuff. I have confidence. That's that exciting. Be fun. And I'm, I'm like really looking forward to like the Avengers being front and center again. Right. And I'm really looking forward to Tony giving Cap his shield, which I hope is a scene <laughs> that happens in the next Avengers. Because you know um, he's got to get his classic shield back and everything. Yeah. I was pretty relieved to see um that guy with the wings disappear. Falcon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, that's one less robo-type character to worry about. I'm yeah. really sick of the aesthetics in Avengers where it's like, you, you've got Iron Man. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to see bunch other guys Man. with, yeah, a bunch of other Iron Man. It's just, okay, so they can shoot bombs from their, you know, suits. Yeah, Great. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, of course, the end credit sequence, we see... um. Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Maria Hill, they disappear. This was, um, I just want to mention outside of what actually happens in the end credit sequence, it was really cool to see from like a ground level perspective of what Thanos did. Yes. Like it, like just seeing the helicopter crash into a building, yeah. it makes it feel even larger than like, it's not just happening to characters we know. It really gives a sense that it's happening everywhere. Yeah. And it really reminds me of the TV show The Leftovers. Yes, that's an apt um, comparison. So, so this is a HBO show, one of the best TV shows of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, created by divisive figure 
Damon Lindelof of <laughs> Lost fame. He, I like Lost. This show stars Carrie Coon, mm-hmm. who plays Proxima Midnight in this yep. uh, in the movie. So I I could assume that the Russell brothers have seen it's the leftovers. Wink. It's a wink to leftovers. And uh, and the premise of the leftovers is one day. Three percent of the world's population vanish yeah. into thin air. Like so, how they do it in the show is that they just disappear. Yeah, no special effects or anything. But it's very similar to how these characters just disappear in in the movie, and also the after effects of that. You know, with we see that um, as you said in the end credit sequence where the cars fly around because the driver is gone. Yeah, exactly. And planes crashing because the pilot's missing. Yes, it it really brings back those images from that show. It's a cool little um, reference, I guess, for the very few fans that the show has. Do you um, think Avengers 4 will be set immediately after this one? Or do you think some time will have passed? I think that it would set immediately after. I hope so too. Because didn't they shoot this at the same time? It was all filmed as one big movie. Yeah. They just completed principal photography for Avengers 4. I see. So yeah, it was pretty much very close. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be it would pick up immediately, right? I, I would I would hope so, but I don't even know if a Marvel movie's ever done that. Like immediately after that'd be that'd be different. Well, this movie picked up immediately after Thor. Yes, Ragnarok. you're actually no, you're right. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> this movie has <laughs> the weirdest trilogy of all time: Thor, Ragnarok, Avengers: Infinity War, and then Avengers. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Which um, they're not giving the title away for. I I guess we assume that the reason that they didn't want to give the title away is that the title of Avengers 4 would be a spoiler for this movie, for what happens in this movie. Mm, I actually don't think so. You know what I think? They haven't figured out the title yet? No, no, I think they have. I think they're just going to milk it. They're going to wait till this comes on DVD and then reveal the title for Avengers 4 (laughs) at the same time. Uh, That would be... Annoying. <laughs> that's what they're going to do. Mark my words. You're going to get Avengers 4 title in August. You heard it here first. Put it down. That's what's going to happen. Well, I like that little troll at the end. Thanos will return. That's yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's funny. Into the credits. What we get also at the end, yeah. Nick Fury sends a message before, and it's a pager. A cosmic pager, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is that what they call it? It must be. I don't know. Oh, as in because she's not she's on in, Earth? She's not on Earth. I don't think oh, she's on okay. Earth. okay. Yeah. And she sends the logo for Captain Marvel. Yes. Who is going to be played by brie larson excited to see her uh, um yeah what do you think that how do you think that comes into it do you think she'll be in avengers 4 with the original avengers team i think she'll yes she obviously because they wouldn't put that in there if she wasn't going to play an important part in avengers 4 right i don't think she'll be the focus at all she'll appear near the end or yeah. middle or something like that because we want to focus on the OG events because yeah. of course they're all going to die. <laughs> do, do you think <laughs> do you want to officially do you want to officially announce your theory that you think all the original Avengers will die? See, you know why I hesitate? I yeah, only why? hesitate because they've got this Chekhov's wedding at Avengers Infinity War with Tony Stark. Yes. Yeah, they mentioned they the do. wedding. You're not invited to my wedding. So it's like, "Oh, well, that'd be a way to, you know, cap off Robert Downey Jr. He's marrying that's Pepper true. Potts. So I think a few Avengers will will die. Like at least I don't know all of them. Maybe all of them. I mean, obviously the main figureheads. If if anyone in the Avengers will die, these are the main contenders, right? Obviously, we've got Iron Man. Yes. Probably the most, you know, emotional death, and also the most apt cap to the Avengers 
saga with the originals, right? Yes. And Captain America. Yep. And I think Hawkeye, just because he seems very expendable. Yeah. Those are the top three. For sure, I, yeah. Um, I don't think Black Widow will die just because they haven't built up enough story with her to I don't for think her I, death to have a huge effect on anyone. I don't think her story should end yet. There's yeah, more exactly. stories to tell with her. Exactly. And I think it works better if she doesn't, but we'll see it. We'll see how they do it. Yeah. Do you think Bruce Banner is... No, they've got something weird going on because we haven't even touched how the Hulk doesn't appear. Is that That's it? right. It's an interesting twist. He gets his ass kicked so hard by Thanos that he just like refuses to yeah, show and, up again. And the, uh, the Hulk was in the trailers. He was. He was, was seen in the trailers running alongside the Avengers. Nothing and more than sleazy misdirection. Yeah, I know. It's like the eye patch, like Thor's um, missing eye was not in... Uh, the trailers for Thor Ragnarok. I can then, forgive that. Yeah. Because, but this seems... Sleazy. Oh, you think you're offended by this? I am... Sl- it's a bit sleazy to have the Hulk... All of them running towards the screen, that cool shot. Yeah. It's just a trailer shot. I guess I don't really... I don't like the Hulk. I don't like that he... You know, this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Until, of course, most recently when they kind of give him this comedic... Bench. Like five-year-old personality. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really care if... If it's Mark Ruffalo in a machine or Mark Ruffalo as a as a beast, I think it works. It actually works better comedically with him, you know, struggling to come out, trying to get him to come out, and he doesn't. I it's think such a neat twist. I yeah. can't believe I've never seen it before. Yeah, it's perfect. Like it's so obvious, but it like yeah, it's yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I think no, I don't think the Hulk will die. Yeah, and Thor just seems to no. They just they now, just right? they just got him started making him good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Taika Waititi's gonna make more Thor movies. Yeah, one of the most epic battle type scene in scenes in this movie was of course him with his newly minted axe stormbreaker yeah stormbreaker <laughs> and he could like actually summon the bifrost now yes. that which is very exciting gives him a hell of an entrance and yeah he just smashes the oh it's great it's amazing i yeah because i think it's sort of cruel to like take everything away from him give him the hammer and then kill him <laughs> uh, yeah exactly so i think exactly. there's there's much more going i think tony and if if i had to guess tony and cap will both sacrifice themselves together that makes like, sense they'll both have to do it that makes sense so they reunite patch up and they both have to make the sacrifice for everybody to live yeah uh that's where i guess it would go the image of ant-man being in the first avengers <laughs> yeah like the first movie really yeah. excites me me too yeah same i I can't wait. I love Ant-Man. I yeah. love his powers. I love I love the idea of what his powers could do. I love Paul Rudd is amazing. Yeah. I also love that, you know, they're not in this movie. Me too, yeah. Because they're kind of like the losers of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're the lame dads. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we kind of have the lame dads right and, now. And if you see, obviously, Ant-Man and the Wasp, has the gargantuan task of following up Infinity War because it's the next one that comes out after this movie. It's right? like the appetizer after you've had the banquet. <laughs> yeah, it's and I, I kind of love that because in the trailers you could tell that they're not in post Infinity War world. Yeah, they're like you know heists are still happening. They're still like law and government, <laughs> but simultaneously they're already using infinity war to promote ant-man and the wasp because marvel's tweeting out like where were ant-man and the wasp during infinity war <laughs> what really yeah and it's like you fucking wankers 
you just boosted up the Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah. box office by 200 million bucks. Yeah. But that's so, why Marvel's winning. That's why they're getting all this money. They know how to do this shit. But um, I think if we're going to get it with Infinity War, it'll happen concurrently with Infinity War right at the very end, like right. a post-credit scene or something like yeah. that. So, like, I think Ant-Man's like daughter will disappear in front of him or oof. some shit like that. Right, because like um, I have a theory that, you know, in Ant-Man, there is the this concept of the quantum zone, where when yes. it gets too small, you actually cross to another dimension, right? Yeah. My prediction is at the end of this Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, they have to fight in the quantum zone, or they have to save Michelle Pfeiffer, who is uh, apparently cast in this movie, and I, I guess she's going to be... Because, you know, she gets in the first Ant-Man movie, spoilers for Ant-Man, Michael Douglas's wife, who was the original Wasp, yeah. gets lost in the quantum zone. Yeah. So maybe in this sequel, they they find her and get her out. And while they were in the quantum zone, the snap happens from Thanos. I think so. And they come out, everyone's gone. Yeah. And somehow, you know, they're safe because they're in that pocket universe or whatever. I think um, you could still have the snap happen while they're in, like, regular whatever, and, like, they just don't get it because it's 50-50, yeah, it, right? it is chance. It's 50 True, yes. And um, I think that Ant-Man losing his daughter and Clint losing his family, that's, like, the their cleanest... Their impetus, yeah. It's the cleanest way to get him back in the action. I can see that. they were sidelined in this because of their family, so it makes sense that they're brought back in because their families are gone and they have to find out what's up yes so i, I could see that happening because after ant-man and the wasp we have the captain marvel movie yes which is um shockingly the mcu's very first female-led superhero movie yeah and she weirdly you know by coincidence has the title name of the franchise i think it's because <laughs> actually i looked this up yeah. i don't know much about captain marvel but yeah the alien she gets the power from his mar yeah marvel right or some shit. that makes even less sense to me i don't want to know that <laughs> well it's an alien name now. i know but it's like why is it marvel <laughs> I don't know. guys why it's like a a, a hero in uh, the dc universe called dc man <laughs> i just... love that no, that's i'm patenting that <laughs> that's terrific he's like very meta yeah he has like no fe- he has a featureless face and just a fedora yes. and he knows everybody's fates that's <laughs> that's freaky wow uh, but uh yeah uh yeah name aside i and i just she... like to call her carol danvers yeah she's from what i understand she's kind of like her power set anyway she's like the superhero so she's like the superman of oh the she's the strongest right? avenger like easily okay stronger than all of them i see so um and this her movie is supposedly set in the 90s yeah and uh, nick fury and clark Gregg as phil colson will be back i see They'll be doing the de-aging on Clark Gregg, but probably not Nick Fury. I, uh, Black I don't crack, miss supposedly. <laughs> I mean, he looks yeah. fucking. He looks pretty young for sixty-eight. I'm mm. saying. Yeah, you don't miss who? Like, I don't want to see de-aging happening. It's just it's gonna be so weird. <laughs> They're pretty good at it now. I feel like though. I think at the beginning of Ant-Man, when they tried to de-age Michael Douglas, I'm just like, oh, that looks weird. The Kurt Russell one was good. In yeah, I only hesitate yeah. because it's like. You know, they're in the movie for de-aging for like a few, a minute or something. But this mm. is like, they're going to be supporting characters. Exactly. So Especially Samuel L. Jackson. But yeah, I, think, I guess they yeah. don't have to de-age if, him. If they just give him a wig and do like really subtle 
CGI touches. Yeah, yeah. should be fine. It should, should be, be fine. fine. They don't have to redo their whole face. Um, but I, I'm really, I'm, it's crazy because now I'm even more excited for that because I'm like, how does she fit into this shit? Yeah. I was already excited anyway because it's Brie Larson and it's 90s. Yeah. You've got me in the... <laughs> exactly. Know, just off that. And of course, there's a question of where has she been that she actually isn't in the Avengers already? Space woman, I guess. She must have been doing some space shit oh, this whole time. I That's see. what I think. I see. Yeah. No way she was on Earth during like... Ultron and Battle of New York and that shit. I think she's been doing space oh, shit okay. for the past few decades. Yeah, because the plot synopsis says something like she gets caught up in like an intergalactic conflict. Oh, like she, I see. She gets caught up in like a space conflict. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, she does something and she's like stuck somewhere. Wow, I didn't see it. I didn't picture that as a just because '90s Brie Larson. I didn't picture it as. A cosmic movie? Yeah, she's a cosmic superhero. Okay. So I guess they're doing that. But um, yeah, if the Earth scenes are going to look 90s, fucking do it. What a, what a neat... <laughs> yeah. What a neat touch. That's our year. We're getting, That's our generation. We're getting out of the 80s nostalgia now. Yeah. Are we? Because now it's going to be 90s nostalgia. <laughs> I love I love the 90s, so I'm excited. Yeah, I've got an attachment too, obviously. <laughs> For obvious reasons. But um, um, I guess we'll get to overall thoughts on this yes. movie now. Yeah, what do you think? In my opinion... How many Infinity Stones do you give it? Out of like five? or uh, four, 10 is your usual 10. rating, right? Yeah. I would give it a nine because it's, if I'm going... But all my ratings are relative, like not all Yeah, of course. But um, just overall, uh, my three favorite comic book movies are like Logan, Spider-Man 2, and The Dark Knight probably. Like those three. Like those are really great films based off comic books. Yeah. But this movie, Avengers Infinity War, exactly replicates the feeling of, like, reading a big event comic book. Yes, yeah. They've turned, like, casual audiences into, like, comic, comic book, book nerds. Yeah. They have, because this Without is, them knowing it. This yeah. is, like, nerd shit now, yeah. what we're getting into. Like, yeah. And it's captured that thrill of, what's happening next? I can't believe this is happening. This is fucking insane. And naturally, it's not going to have all the character development in the world just by virtue of there being so much going on. But um, I just had a really fucking good time with this. And I love the last shot of the villain having completed his plan he was going to do, satisfied, and then that's it. Yeah. That's what you get. I think it's a great it's a great ending to end on it's, total devastation and yeah. the villain winning. And it's a great culmination of 10 years worth of building up these characters, build, building up these storylines. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's ironic because I feel like one of my main gripes with a lot of Marvel movies is their endings. They just feel like pauses before the next thing. Yes. But this is like the most obvious part one of all these movies. And yet it feels like the most satisfying conclusion. Yes. And I'm so glad it doesn't end, you know, like with another giant beam in the sky. You know, it's, yeah. A, yeah, it's a really creative way to end it. It's haunting the way they, ex- you know, it's not going to stick, but nonetheless, it's yeah. the way they do despite it. I think yeah despite my my nitpicks and despite um the flaws that I see in the movie that really it is it's ultimately based on you know I wanted this movie to be perfect yeah, yeah. it wasn't perfect yeah but it was pretty damn good yeah it was yeah the perfect culmination of all these char- all these characters I'm yeah. so happy to have the guardians of the galaxy being so involved in the storyline and well depicted yeah and when yeah. you think about it 
you know, Marvel took a big gamble with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And if they hadn't panned out, what would the story have been? We wouldn't get this, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, and uh, I think, yeah, it's such a... It would have changed tech. Yeah, it's a testament to, yeah, the people behind this whole franchise. I don't think it's exaggerating to say that it's... I believe they make cinematic history, you know? it's a, no, exactly, It's a yeah. big blockbuster popcorn movie, but... Yeah. Um, Nothing like this has ever been done. Exactly. Nothing Nothing like this has happened in this way. And at the end of it, my first thought was like, DC can just quit now. Like, just, yeah, they need to just focus on standalone movies. Yeah. I mean, do not try to emulate Marvel in this way. It's just not they're not going to touch it it's not happening it's anytime not. in the next decade they're not gonna have characters that make us feel this way you know like they're not gonna have characters that make us that move us the moment that they show up on screen they could do it <laughs> but they just got bad people in they charge. could have they just, could have yeah, they done could it, have done it but, but i just feel the like people in charge is so yeah, terrible at what they do aside from wonder woman uh, i don't want to turn this into a DC yeah i don't want to thing, bash it too much but, but it you just, can't help but compare it yeah, because exactly. they're trying to do it because yeah. they're so blatantly trying to copy marvel and they just this movie just really embarrasses them yeah. especially this one because its strength is in the cinematic universe thing it yeah. doesn't stand on its own like black panther yeah but um i was going to say because I was going to talk a little about Thanos. About uh, I'm going back to this. This is a all big right, payoff. All right, okay. They were. I reckon they were originally going to do the he's infatuated with death thing because the first post credit scene with the first Avengers, the Chitari like lieutenant guy says to Thanos, to challenge like the Avengers is to court death, and that's what makes Thanos smile. <laughs> Courting death. That's interesting, and that says to uh, it says to me that they can plan this. They don't just like stick to their plan. Like yes. they adapt. Yeah. They're and laying the tracks as the train's going. Yeah, so it's, it sounds like it sounds like that wasn't their original plan. The, like the what the finished product that we have Not now at all. Isn't. That's what I mean. Yeah. And it's their willingness to adapt and to listen to what people want. Yeah. Really. It is a lot of fan service. It is. You but in the yeah. best way. You yeah. know, like what you know, what is a dumb fun moving blockbuster movie if not just like continuous fan service yeah yeah exactly because it's a big you got you can't forget that these are big machines of movies yeah this is the biggest machine of all of them but it's a well-oiled machine and you got to give it props even if you don't care for these movies as such or they don't move you or thrill you or whatever just that they've pulled this kind of logistical nightmare off is impressive on its own yeah but uh yeah that was that's avengers infinity war yeah (laughs) uh okay well what do you guys think listeners yeah from what Um, i understand the reaction to this movie has been positive but uh what what did you guys think did you hate it who was your favorite character what but most importantly who am i right or is reese right when it comes to uh, star lord being an absolute idiot and but that, I agree he's an idiot. Okay, and that it's a, a flaw of the movie. Okay, yeah. If it's ultimately a flaw to, to the detriment of the narrative or not. That's yeah. where we part ways. Yes. And, um, well, if you like what you've been listening to so far, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we've got um, tons of episodes, like 30-something. Oh, yeah, a few. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a few. A lot of Marvel-related and DC stuff mm. await you in our back catalog and also um give us five stars yes five 
stars for each of the infinity stones that Thanos has, okay? Because why would you give us less? <laughs> yeah, hey, Thanos gets it all five, so why can't we? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's it. Boy. Until next time. It's like an old door that's locked There you walk by every second Sunday And the keys are nowhere to be found And believe me, oh boy, have I looked around And the places I searched Under rocks in the dirt Let me to all that is wrong with this place And believe me, oh boy, do I want to go home Show me a way back home I feel I don't know you well enough She said, pull yourself together I just laughed and rolled my eyes I said we're on a ship And the captain's high It feels more like a show And don't get me wrong I know exactly what I believe And these words are just words when rehearsed for a play And believe me, oh boy, I know the right words to say Show me a way back home I feel I don't know you well enough She said, pull yourself together I just laughed and rolled my eyes When the lights go down